Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, November the 11th and 2021 on When I Rise. We're currently in year B, proper week 28, which is the 25th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Thursday of the week, we like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage from the Revised Common Lectionary for this church calendar year week. And so we find ourselves back in the book of Hebrews. We're just kind of crawling through Hebrews in this time of the church year. This time we'll be in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 through 14, and then 19 through 25. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and be got together in a time of prayer. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 through 14, and verses 19 through 25. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts and fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people might do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. This is the word of God for us. As we get closer and closer to the end of the book of Hebrews, the writer, whoever's uh, organizing all the material, they're trying to bring to a conclusion a long and winding argument that they've been they've been weaving together since the very beginning. And ultimately, the, the purpose is to show that Jesus is far more superior and he is capable of bringing all of God's promises to bear in real time. And so here we have, once again, another passage where we look backwards and we see that the old pattern of things, the old covenant, the old way that the priests ministered before God, it was useful for a time, but it did not bring to completion all that God had desired. And this theme comes up in a, several different ways in different places in the New Testament. You look at a place like the book of Galatians, where Paul says that the law was good for a time. He, he compared it to like, like a mentor who watched over uh, someone, a rich person's child until that person was of age to make decisions on their own. So that rich child was rich. They, they didn't go from poor to rich one day in their late teens and their early 20s. No, they were always in a rich family, but because they were not trusted, they were held under a guard, under a guardian until they could prove that they were of the appropriate age to take on the whole responsibility 
of their family's household. I think it's the same way here. The Old Covenant wasn't uh, negligent. It wasn't something that was second rate, but it was appropriate for a time. And so the writer of Hebrews is saying, a, a new time has come, a new dawn has uh, come upon us. And Jesus is the one who fulfilled all of the short-sightedness or all the things that the old covenant couldn't quite accomplish completely for God's plan to come into full force. And so the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 10 a couple of important things. The first thing is that Jesus is the great high priest. He surpasses all of them because through his one single sacrifice, it says in verse 12, he makes a sin, a sin offering for all time. But this sin offering is not just what sometimes preachers articulate, unfortunately. They think that Jesus' sacrifice was just only for individual sinners to have their sins covered. That's a piece of the story. But notice how Jesus' ministry continues. He is sitting down at the right hand of the throne of God. So he was a high priest before an altar with his sacrifice, but now he's been given, he's been given jurisdiction over the heavens and the earth. He's the world's one Lord. Israel's Messiah. He is the one who's got the blueprints, the controls over creation to bring everything under the reign of God. Because notice what his ministry is going to ultimately do. It says that uh, there he waits at God's right hand, verse 13, until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. So our redemption is not just a record of our individual sins against God, our cleanse. That's a piece of it. But there's something else going on in the world around us. That the restoration of the human is not just our record of sins, but it's also our place within this world that God loves. God is looking for obedient subjects, servants who will serve with him in the outworking of his plan. And he's making us holy as we yield to that process. And so what does that look like? So then we jump to verses 19 through 25, which the lectionary has for us. And it talks about how we can live in God's presence forever. That God's temple isn't just a big building in the middle of Jerusalem. But just like Genesis 1 would articulate, that the whole world is the temple of God. And we as God's image-bearing creatures can face this God. And whether we're working or worshiping or relating with one another, we're all, all that is worship notes. All those things are worship unto God as we live faithfully before him. And so there's many things that we can say because of it. Our consciences have been cleansed. We, have, we, can, we can walk in this world now as people who belong to God. But you'll notice there's a further instruction in verses 23 through 25. Continue to dwell together. Continue to meet together. Encourage one another daily. Other translations say spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Pat each other on the shoulder. Look each other eyeball to eyeball. Bear our souls to one another about what we're struggling with so that we can hear the encouraging word of other Christians and other friends in the faith who can tell us, hey, let's together keep pressing on and following the Lord because the day of his return is fastly approaching. And when God returns, don't you want the earth to be full of people who are eager for his returning? That is a refrain that we hear again and again in the New Testament text. And so what is what is the work of Jesus all about? It's all about redeeming God's people in the fullest idea of redemption possible. A fully ordered peace, or as our Jewish brothers and sisters would say, a full shalom, where all the earth is in unison and unity with one another and in unison and unity with its God. 
And so that's what we strive for today. And so as you and I like open up our planners today and we have all these appointments, we have all these things that we have going on. We've got a lunch appointment. We've got like a coffee that we're going to get with a friend. Uh, we've got like a budget meeting in the middle of the afternoon. Or maybe we got like practice after school, whatever it might be. We are tempted to say this stuff doesn't belong to the sacred part of my life. But what the writer of Hebrews says is actually our consciences have been cleansed. We are forgiven and free people. Therefore, all that we do, our eating and our drinking, our sleeping and our waking, our work and our play, all of it is worship unto God. And so what I want to pray for this morning for us is that as we face this day, that we would imagine all of it with the creativity that God gives us as a, a one long worship service of honoring God with our full lives. And as we do so, may we know the bliss and the joy and the wonder of what it means to be God's people in anything that we do today, with, whom, with whomever we share it with. That we would have this, this, this reservoir deep within, this thing that we're concentrating on as we go throughout this day, that all of this is unto God. And it's a joy to do all this unto God. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are so wise and so generous and so kind. You've brought us into your family through salvation in Christ. And we meditate this morning, very first thing, we meditate on the work of Jesus. As he laid down his life, it opened up this great new possibility that you can have a redeemed and free people. And so we thank you that we've approached your altar today and we've heard the good news that we are forgiven and free, that you've separated us from our sins as far as the east is from the west. That as our scripture said this morning, that our consciences are cleansed because of what Jesus has done for us. We think that this sets off an array of responses. And one of those is to worship in everything that we do. And that when we we gather together, that we help spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And so God, today we know that this day is brimming with potential because anything that we can do, all of our work and all of our play, all of our relaxation, of our eating and drinking and rest and relating with one another is like a great orchestra of worship to you. We thank you that you're a God who receives all of it, that you delight in what your people do before you. And so God, this day, it is our vow, it is our decision and our aim today to do everything unto you. And so I pray that you give us the grace and the power to live single-minded and wholeheartedly towards the Lord Jesus Christ today, in whose name I pray. Amen.